everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation primarily focuses on the January employment report and the Fed meeting statement. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Senior Economist America's Brian Rose. Brian, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Siobhan. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Brian. So let's get started. A few moments ago, we received the January employment report. How did the data measure up to your expectations and how would you characterize the current state of the U.S. labor market? So there was a big surprise in this data to the upside. The January payrolls increasing by 353,000. Consensus was for less than 200,000. And also there were upper revisions the previous months, December revised up by 117,000, and it's now at 333. And if you look at the three-month moving average, which is the way the Fed tends to look at this data, at the time of last month, at the December, after the December payrolls, that three-month average was 165,000 and was on a clear slowing trend. But now, after the January data and these revisions, Instead of 165,000, it's 293,000, which is just extremely strong. Uh, We also had a big surprise on average hourly earnings up six tenths month over month. So really, these are, you know, not just surprises to the upside, but very large surprises. And we see big market reaction. The two-year Treasury yields up around 20 basis points. This morning, the probability of the Fed cutting rates in March, which was above 70 percent at one point on Wednesday morning, that's now at 20 percent. So given the strength of this data, it just seems really unlikely now that the Fed will be cutting at at their next meeting. I would point out, though, that just the nature of the data, it's very noisy. If you look at the household survey, They go and they knock on doors and ask people about the employment situation in the household. You actually see employment declining slightly month over month. So, again, you have these huge payroll numbers with a household survey showing weakness. And uh, it's just, just a reminder of how difficult it is to interpret the data at the moment. Thank you so much for sharing your expectations with us, Brian. So moving outside of the jobs numbers, what were some other notable data points from this past week? Well, we had a couple of other reports on the labor market. So we had the JOLTS job openings uh, data, stronger than expected, rising to 9 million in December. There's 1.4 openings for every unemployed workers. So a sign that you know, the labor market is still tight, the demand still exceeding supply. Uh, but on the other side, you had the employment cost index. You know, this is the best measure of wage growth that we have. And in the fourth quarter, it's slowed to nine-tenths quarter over quarter. That's a down from 1.1% in, in the third quarter. And if you look at a chart, there's a clear slowing trend. Uh, so, you know, at this, uh, in contrast to the very strong average, average hourly earnings we had for January, the employment cost index is on a clear uh, slowing trend. And this is really important for the Fed because uh, rapid wage growth will tend to be uh, inflationary. 
Uh, one other thing to mention is we had the ISM manufacturing PMI better than expected at 49.1. So getting towards that neutral level of 50 that we've been looking for uh, for the while, this is uh, the best reading since October 2022. And also the prices paid sub-index went back above 50 uh, for the first time uh, since uh, since last April. Reflecting on the Fed meeting statement and the press conference, what did you take away and what are your expectations for monetary policy from here? Right. So this was an interesting FOMC meeting. There was no change in policy, which was uh, you know, totally expected. The FOMC statement removed the tightening bias, and that opens the door to rate cuts. And again, this was widely expected. But at the, his pet press conference, Fed Chair Powell it was uh, you know, really unusually clear in terms of you know what is the Fed thinking, and he said that they're waiting for additional inflation data to confirm that the trend is really moving towards their two percent target. So if you look at the core PCE inflation data in the last uh, you know several months in the third quarter and fourth quarter. That was running right at a 2% annualized pace, so at the Fed's target. But year over year, core PCE inflation is still 2.9%, so substantially above uh, the target. And also, there's lots of moving parts in this uh, data. So Powell mentioned that core goods prices have been falling, and that's helping to bring down the overall inflation rate. But as we saw this week with the ISM manufacturing prices paid, right? That moved back above 50. Some of the decline in goods prices is probably transitory. You can't rely on this continuing forever. And even on the services side, you have things like airfares, which were, that are down around 10% year over year. You know, that also can't continue forever. So even though the inflation data has been favorable over the last few months, you know, he said that there's they still want more data to gain confidence about the inflation trend and also said that the March cut isn't likely because, you know, they, they can't gain the confidence on inflation they need that soon. But also uh, very interesting, Powell said that almost all of the FOMC participants still think it'll be appropriate to start cutting rates this year. And he also expressed Willingness to cut rates, even if the economy re- remains strong. So as long as the inflation data is favorable, you know, he doesn't mind that the economy is growing strong or the labor market is strong. And really, that it puts more focus on the inflation data. And uh, our base case for the Fed remains that they'll cut 100 basis points this year with the first cut in May. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on that, Brian. So as we come to the end of our conversation, I want to turn to the week ahead. What will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? So we do have several major releases next week. We'll get the ISM services uh, PMI. We'll get the senior loan officer survey, which in over the last few quarters has shown a lot of banks tightening their lending standards. But we think this time, because the outlook for the economy is better, that you'll see uh, much less tightening in those lending standards. We get consumer credit 
which is very important because it's really consumer spending that's driving the economy. And also revisions to the CPI inflation data. And this is important because last year, those revisions made the inflation trend look less favorable. So we'll see, you know, same thing could happen uh, this year. And uh, other than the economic data, you also have earnings season uh, continuing. And we also have to keep an eye on what's going on in Congress. So the House passed a package of uh, tax extensions, and uh, we'll see if that makes it through. And also negotiations are underway for funding Ukraine, Israel, and that's tied to a deal on border policy. Very interesting to watch these political developments as well. Perfect. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Again, we have been joined by Senior Economist America's Brian Rose. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.